Welcome to Honestly Haunted. Honestly Haunted. We're your hosts, Erin Grogan and Abby Chowning. This week, unlike Dorothy, we are most definitely in Kansas. Ha! (laughs) We were very proud of that joke, just so you all know. (laughs) And we are very excited to share with you guys our first library investigation. Ah, libraries. Well, I love the smell of old books. Libraries actually creep me out when I'm by myself and I always feel like someone's looking at me through the stacks aka thanks boy meets world for instilling those fears it was Sean all along it was Sean all along yeah that that Halloween episode of boy meets world was oh, legit yeah. scary that FYI that sticks with you yeah if you don't know what we're talking about look it up <laughs> if you don't know what, you're, what we're talking about you might not be a millennial <laughs> but not anyway ready for that uh I love libraries but i do have some caveats there but um but mostly mostly my opinions are i love libraries i want to visit all of the fancy libraries all over the world i love books i love archives i just want to stay in them forever (laughs) um as i've probably mentioned (laughs) on previous episodes I do, however, there there are some libraries that give me the creeps for various different reasons. I have some issues sometimes being in libraries in schools. Some of that is just being an American and knowing mm. about what happens in American schools sometimes. Um, but overall, overall, I love libraries. Yeah. So, well, no matter how you guys feel about libraries, if you're listening to this podcast, this library might actually be the perfect place for a lover of books and the paranormal. The Hutchinson Public Library was established in 1901 in Hutchinson, Kansas. And while the library is the setting of our story, it is really not the main character. Ida Day Holtzevel, who was a librarian at the Hutchinson Library from 1916 to 1926, and 1946 to 1953, is who we're really going to be talking about in this episode. Ida was born on April 20th, 1888 in Colony, Kansas, and in 1916 she was hired by the library with a salary of $75 per month and two weeks paid vacation, and she developed a complete catalog and classification system for the library. She initiated the reference help desk, mobilized books for World War I soldiers, and began an outreach program for shut-ins in her community. She also introduced Sunday operation hours, which I'm sure her colleagues loved her for. (laughs) Yeah, needless to say, Ida was a free can go get her. Yeah. Also, can we point out the fact that while the pay might have gone up, we still only get like two weeks of paid vacation in the yeah. U.S. It's and been that like hasn't changed a hundred years. Let, let's revisit that, guys. Yeah. Let's let's revisit. Whoever that. is important enough who's listening to our <laughs> podcast, please fix it. Please fix it. Yeah. <laughs> but in 1926, she left the library to attend the University of Kansas. Fortunately for the library. 
she did return as head librarian in 1946, if you were wondering why there were actually Gaps. two dates she, in which she was there. She went off to get a get herself an education. So You go, Ida. Good for Ida. So the library itself actually moved its physical location in 1951, and Ida was instrumental in organizing and expanding the catalog system. Of course she was. Of course she was. And that ultimately meant she spent a great deal of time in the basement of the building, where the catalog system kind of resides. As you might be able to guess, Ida was a bit of a control freak, <clears throat> if you can believe it, you know, uh, which apparently made her kind of difficult to get along with. Yeah. So Ida insisted on having complete control over all the library operations, and she would frequently complain about her colleagues, as many of them, in her opinion, did not take the job as seriously as she did. Again, well, <laughs> if you can believe it. If you can believe it. So while an intense person for sure, Ida was still considered a very proper woman by her peers, and she insisted that the library staff always have tea with each other at 3 p.m. every afternoon. I actually love that. That's kind of cute. Like, it, yeah. I'm sure her colleagues were like, oh, great, yay, tea, tea with, with Ida. <laughs> but I could see how that would be a tea with Ida. <laughs> that could probably be like a, a nice like practice to yeah. adhere to. Let's start doing that let's tea have tea at, at 3, 3 p.m every day everybody I, <laughs> join I us we should do it yeah so whether it was from a need for change of venue or growing frustration with her co-workers Ida resigned from her position at the Hutchinson Public Library in 1953. She decided to take a new position as a reference librarian for Tulare County in Visalia California Tragically, Ida would never get the opportunity to begin her new job as she died in a car accident on her way to her new library on the very first day of work. She was buried back in her hometown of Colony, Kansas. While several years passed and librarians came and went from the library, mysterious activity began to occur throughout the library especially in the basement. In the 1980s, librarians Angeline Welch and Rose Hale were working in the basement, and Rose briefly went upstairs to grab something, and when she came back down, she heard Angeline speaking to someone. When Rose asked her who she was talking to, Angeline looked at her very confused and said, I didn't say anything. The both of them then started to hear footsteps walking up the stairs. They were the only ones in the building. I just got chills. <laughs> Rose also claimed to see an apparition of a woman standing at the bottom of the stairs from time to time. We'll put a picture of the staircase that leads to the basement of the library on our Instagram and Facebook page because it's a little eerie. Yeah, it's not what spooky. you would expect. Yeah. So a new librarian told her colleagues that she had had a very interesting conversation with a patron about some of the oldest books in the library's archives. She told them that she did not recognize the woman, but when she described her to her peers, several of them stared at her in shock. They told her that she had basically just described Ida, all the way from her tightly pinned curls and horn-rimmed glasses. Over the decades, many library employees have claimed stacks of books they had been working on sorting would find their way back to their respective place overnight, as if Ida had grown impatient with their slow work pace and just took care of it herself. That's a mood, first yeah, of all. <laughs> that is that is definitely a mood, and also one that I'd kind of be okay with yeah. if I was there. Just like, picking up cool, the slack. Thanks. Appreciate you. Yeah. So occasionally things have been known to go missing throughout the library, and many believe it, it is Ida rebelling against some of the new policies the library has introduced over the years, because perhaps they just like weren't up to snuff, <laughs> or completely against how she thought things should be run. But patrons of the library have claimed to hear phantom footsteps while they're perusing through the stacks of books. 
Cold spots can usually be felt in the employee break room around 3 p.m., as if Ida would ever be late for tea time. No way, yeah. <laughs> a framed portrait of Ida still hangs in the library to this day, and many of the staff always do their best to acknowledge her presence by taking special care of the catalog system in place in the basement. Which I think is a lovely tribute I to think her. So too. Like, also, I'm a little surprised that they have a portrait of her hanging. Yeah. Because that's kind of intimidating it would be yeah like the the one who created yeah yeah. staring down at you the one who is actually still there judging your work yeah (laughs) we'll share the picture of ida there's a frame the framed picture of her that's in the library and it's actually like someone wrote ida like at the bottom of it so like people would know like who she was who she is but i I think in, in based on her picture like you would think like, I guess when I was reading about her, I thought she looked a certain way, but she actually looks like she'd be as, like, pleasant as she could be. But I could also see her being, like, very, like, stern. stern. Yeah. This is how things should be done. So we actually found two really interesting testimonies from people who have visited the library in recent years. A woman named Linda visited the library in 2015 and had this to say about her experience. My daughter and I moved to Hutchinson, Kansas last year. We went to the library one evening and we were sitting upstairs at a table working on our computers. All of a sudden, my daughter jumped and looked around. I asked what was wrong and she said someone touched her. There was no one near us at all. End quote. Another woman named Jasmine said in 2018, I come here every chance I get. When I'm in the elevator or just reading a book, I will feel someone tap on my shoulder or say my name and I'll look around, but no one will be around. I can also hear strange noises, but can never figure out where they're coming from. End quote. We also thought this was pretty eerie slash interesting. A local newspaper in Hutchinson wrote an article about Ida when she had officially resigned her position from the Hutchinson Library to move to California. And it read, end quote, she plans to retain ownership of her home and will eventually return to Hutchinson. That is so ominous. Isn't that ominous? <laughs> like that, like we read, I read that earlier and I just instantly got chills. It's like she had plans not to go to California forever. Like she was always going to come back to her home, i.e. her library. Which is weird too, because you don't think people would, t- like people don't typically say that when they're starting a new job. Yeah. And I mean, we don't obviously know the reason why Ida decided to leave her her library and to go somewhere else and to start over, but it, it could it could be any number of things. But the fact is she had every intention of, of coming, coming back, back one and, day. And basically she couldn't leave. And she never left, I don't yeah. think. Like, and I think the, so based on the article, it seemed like she was, she'd already, she'd retained her proper, like her home. Yeah. So she didn't sell. She was always like intentionally going to come back one day, which is interesting. So. Very ominous. Ida is an interesting character. And, yeah. and like we deal with like lots of stories of, of ghosts in, in, in like in locations where people have died and like we assume that the ghost is that person and I think it might be the first case right. ever like without a doubt we can like identify that the ghost is, is Ida. Ida and couldn't yeah. be anybody else yeah that she the the ghost literally has the mannerisms and habits and judgment of <laughs> and, Ida and has appeared to yeah. colleagues who didn't know her who later on described her to colleagues who did and were like that you just Ida. met Ida yeah and so I wonder like for that that new librarian working in just like I had the best conversation today with a patron about the books and her colleagues were like. Um, that was a ghost. (laughs) You talked with a ghost about books. (laughs) There is something I think very poetic about all of this, though, in a way. Like, 
A library houses books, which house stories and histories and people's, like, people's remaining memories and Mm -hmm. that this woman devoted her life to that and to making sure that it was in good order and that things were were all working in this place and now she remains there and resides there in her afterlife. Yeah, and I think it's not something that I had thought about much until this episode, but we think about like the responsibility of a librarian at its core is to make sure like the right book is accessible to the person who needs it. And I think like Ida made sure that like World War One vets, like as they were coming back, like had access to the books that they needed or wanted and the catalog system ensured an organization so that those books would be where they needed to be for the person who needed them. And I was like, that's kind of like, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like Ida is somebody who was very fierce but she also cared Deeply. fiercely. Yeah. And and so it's it's kind of this this thing where I it doesn't sound like her presence there is malicious no. at all. It sounds like it is it's the same as it was when she was there. You know, she cares deeply. Yeah. She wants things to be organized. She wants people to be able to get what they need. She mm-hmm. wants this library to function yeah. as it should. And she wants to ensure that that happens. Yeah. And while we, in our research, we could tell that Ida, like Ida Day is her born name, but her last name, Hulpsafel, I think, is her married name. So we do know that she was married at one point. We don't know if she was when she left for California. But for some reason, I think there is kind of a sadness, too, because Mm. it's like she obviously her devotion was to the library. Not to family or anything like like that. And not that like. I mean, I imagine at the time, like, usually a woman's place was in the home. Yeah. You know, whatever. But, like, for her, she was, like, She had a passion. She had a vocation. She had had things that a lot of women during that time didn't have. And she put her all into it. And she was in charge. Yeah. You know? Like, and I I don't really know historically if that was typically a vocation that was taken up by women. Like, you know, I'm not entirely sure either. I don't know. That's an interesting thing to think about. But like, yeah, the fact that Ida at all times of day can yeah. be felt like 3 p.m. You know, Ida's going to be in the break room. Like, yeah, I, and I still I love that idea. And that's another thing that I think proves the whole caring fiercely and to mm-hmm. a point where people might be like annoyed by it or something. Yes. But like, I think there's something very nice about being like, we have tea at three. This is what we do. See you there. Yeah. <laughs> without, without breaking eye contact. <laughs> yeah, but I, and I think I could see, like, as someone on the opposite end of that intense energy from Ida yeah. being like, like, there is a life outside of this take library. Just a chill pill. Yeah. Just there's take some, a couple steps back. There's something beyond the books. Yes. And it's like, she probably, she didn't quite. And her life, her life was the library. It was the books. And it, now that's what her afterlife is, is about the, the library. Books. Yeah, I can only imagine, like, being. Like someone like working in library trying to get books put back before you close up for the night and just being like, oh, just get it in the morning and coming back and they gone. <laughs> but yeah, I think that would be, as someone who works in the library, like probably a little spooky. Like I'd feel bad. Like, sorry, Ida. Like, <laughs> sorry, I took too long, I'll do better. You know where everything is better than I do. <laughs> and so one of the things that I was kind of thinking about while we were, while we were telling this story was... I wonder what some of her reactions to today are. Mm. And and so some of the things I'm thinking about are like, 
libraries have become a lot more of a place for computers. Yes. Um, so a lot of people who don't have their own computers go to the library to mm -hmm. use community computers. Computers have become such an important part of our everyday. Right. Um, her cataloging system was probably at some point put into the computer. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just kind of wonder what some of... It, like, mm -hmm. nothing we talked about said that she had bad reactions to any of no. this, necessarily, but I do have to wonder, for somebody who literally poured their heart and soul into the place as it was, yeah. what her Reaction. reactions would be yeah. or, or are to intense change. Yes, and, like, we had, we did share about, like, some things would go missing in the library, yes. so, like, her rebelling against, and, and the story about the woman and her daughter who were on computers yeah. getting kind of messed with, because I can't imagine that Ida would ever mess with somebody just reading a book. Right. But I wonder but on if, a computer. But if she was like, you guys are just here to use computers, like, tap, 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 like, yeah. <laughs> I'm here to just, like, get out. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, that's a curious thought to think about, like, And, and yeah. it, so, so I heard this, um, I heard this story about this paranormal investigator or a person who was a paranormal investigator and they were basically like when when we did investigations we had to teach the ghosts what a phone was like oh. if we if we wanted them to interact with it like we had to tell them what it was and how to use it like they didn't know if they were from before yeah. that time and so i mean i assume like part of me <laughs> Part of me pictures Ida in this library learning how to use a computer because she's like, uh, I will not be left behind. No. Thank you very much. And so like part of me sees it as like, tap, tap, tap. Um, what are you doing? What are you doing? Can you explain this? Glasses at the rim of her nose. Like, <laughs> yeah. go on. Yeah. Go on. Yes. I Quickly. picture her very much like a McGonagall type. Oh, yeah. Like, just <laughs> always like thirsty for knowledge. So yes. not necessarily afraid of like something different emerging. Yes. But might be, like, a little cynical about it. Yeah. And so I love reading that, like, that they have actually, like, well, I doubt the catalog system that she installed is what is used, right. like, currently. Things have just changed. It's automated. Like, it's yeah. all digital and online, which makes it, which I imagine for Ida, like, all she wants is for them to be accessible for the patrons. Right. So she's so she probably happy about it. Might be okay with it. But I do love that they have, like, preserved, like, the historical nature of, like, her yes. catalog system, which I imagine is, like, those old-timey, like, card yes. settings. Like, yeah. obviously very, like, Dewey Decimal System, but like they pull <laughs> yeah. out and they can tell you exactly where they're located. Type yeah, thing. so I would I would love to see what it looks like. Oh, me too. Because I bet that would be an interesting piece. Because like, it's weird to think about those kind of archives that exist, you know, throughout. And there's some that are still like that are on paper, like yeah, in, intact, oh, yeah. right? But I do realize like ones like in public libraries that are like, okay, well we've we've now reached the point of automation. We're good. Yeah. We're not going to keep updating it. And so like, you wonder, like, when was the last time that was updated? Like, the yeah. like a new book was added and written down by hand. In her system. In her system. So I wonder when, when that was and if she was like, I have things to say about that. <laughs> You've done it wrong. Questions. Try it again. <laughs> so, should we go ahead and give our verdict? I think so. I'm going to say, honestly, honestly haunted. haunted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ida's our girl. <laughs> this this one seemed kind of easy to make a it verdict did. on because yes. it's so specific. Absolutely. I think that's that's the difference maker there. Yeah. Is like we could pinpoint it was not only like when she died, how she died, what she was passionate about. And if she, yeah. I mean, like we, we haven't talked much about like ghosts and like the purpose of them, like being left behind is unfinished business. Right. But in this case, I think that's like 
exactly what we deal with. And yeah. we, we've talked like kind of about our opinions about like ghosts and what they are or spirits and what they are. And like, for me, like, I don't necessarily just like with them in my faith, like, I don't believe that like human spirits are left like behind on earth. Like, mm. it's like, I feel like we go somewhere and yeah. like, it's not, we're not left to linger in on earth, like in that form. But I do believe like the energy of a spirit as mm. strong, especially as someone's like Ida's with a passion like that, her energy absolutely got left in that place where it was so it was such a pattern of behavior so much things that she poured her it's like an imprint an imprint yeah it's like an imprint on the place and time and i so i don't i don't actually know what i believe um in terms of of ghosts and what they are and and honestly i think i believe different things based on different stories scenarios experiences and things like that and like i i have some of my own stories that make me think uh, certain things and think that there is something to yeah. like a person being there maybe I don't know so yeah. there's there's I, I don't quite know where I fall in that but I absolutely think that whether it's an imprint or her soul or mm-hmm. her energy or whatever it might be I think like it's very easy to see this distinct specific story of Ida here and belonging to mm-hmm. this library and um yeah, so so I think I think that's a huge difference for for us. For us so, yeah, like we often talk about places that have a bunch of different stories or a history and then some legends yeah. and and kind of a mix. Mm-hmm. And and this one is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, it actually reminds me a little bit of the one that we talked about about the school teacher who just like one yes. day died at her desk Had and, just and just kept just stayed there. She yeah. just kept working and. It's interesting that both of those stories were women. Yes. <laughs> women in older times when it was harder for women to get jobs. Um, yeah. And they were like, I'm not I'm not ready to give this up. I got here. I'm not yeah. ready to give it well, up. That, and I think there's also maybe like even more of a fuel to the fire of like, they're like, I have to show that I'm not only deserving yeah. of this job, but I'm the best person for it. And yes. like they go like pedal to the metal. Like this is, this is it. Yeah. I'm going to go super, super hard. So I, I get that sense as well. Um, I still think that there's just something so ominous about that newspaper. Yeah. Though, the fact that they were like, she's going to return there. Her plans. It just seems like I just can't wrap my head around it because I'm like, what was the circumstance that brought her away in the first place? Yeah. That it would be okay for her to say, I don't plan on staying here. I don't want to stay here. Like, it just. All of it just seems really odd, and I wish that I could find out more about it, because it just fascinates me. My theory, obviously, speculation here, but my theory was that, like, the Hutchinson Library became essentially, like, kind of like a model, maybe, to other smaller cities, Mm. and that this library in California was in desperate need of a system like that. And like they reached so out. So she was going to go and, and do what she needed to do it. and then maybe come back. That's that's my theory. Yeah. I'm sticking with it. I have no idea if it's true or not. But then I think there's something really kind of poignant about the idea that like literally on her first day of driving to a place that was not her library, she died. She died. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Universe was like, nope. <laughs> like, yeah. 
But yeah, but I could just see, like, it kind of, I think, shows, like, the character of Ida that she, if this is the case in my head, which I'm playing, which might not be correct, but I like to think it is, like, she thought, like, this library is in need of help so yes. it can help its citizens get I'm going to whip it into shape. I'm going to fix it. Yeah. And that's what she went to go do, and then she died. Yeah. But it's like, obviously, she left an imprint, and yes. she basically made sure that she left it in print. She was like, I am not through with all of you. Yeah. And this is, I think, an interesting story for us, too, because it's like, it's been a while since we've done one so lighthearted. Yeah, Like, obviously, it's sad. She still died probably before her time. But, like, I'm actually... But, like, the yeah. hauntings are not malicious. Um, And it's really, it's, in a way, her hauntings kind of honor her legacy of who she was and what she did and yeah. makes sure that she is, in fact, remembered for all of her accomplishments. Yeah. And so, she definitely she definitely did the thing. It's kind of it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's a full circle thing. Yeah. Like it's, it's a bookend, uh, if you will. Oh, oh on that Abby. I know. <laughs> on that note, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode. We'll be back next week with another episode of Honestly Haunted. Thank you, as always, for listening to Honestly Haunted. Please follow us on social media at Honestly Haunted and consider becoming a Patreon supporter to help us continue to grow. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. We'll be back with more Honestly Haunted. Little Ronstall.